Well, we come to you from our homes once again here on Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. And at the end of the show yesterday, we found out that we're going to be safer at home until July, everyone. <laughs> well, maybe not quite, Allie. It's, I J- mean, it's, James, we have to stay here until July. <laughs> my cat's ass has been shaved. <laughs> my my <laughs> wife is feeling peakish today. Uh-oh. Okay. I went to the grocery store and panic bought again, and no one Uh-oh. was at the grocery store, and I didn't know what was going on, and I was like, I got to get the canned soup and the pasta again before it runs out. I thought everyone was going to, I was like, what are, everyone is going to be looking like an actual cat caveman by july if no one can get their hair done i mean this whole city is gonna fall apart this is los angeles county where everybody runs on acai bowls and haircuts yeah and and and, you know beach going it's just if you deny people these things for this long they are literally gonna go nuts and they've been going nuts i i don't know how much longer i mean how douchey is it james (laughs) <laughs> Three days before the lockdown is supposed to be lifted to be like, July now. Uh, You're like, what kidding. the hell, man? I, I'm not going to tell you the truth about what's really going on because I just want to hear you rant about this some more. So July. On. Yeah, I actually heard. I mean, my inside sources, Allie, tell me it's like September or October. No, no, you stop your face. You go shave your head again. <laughs> you You're not shut, correct. Shut your you, face. You shut your pie hole, James, because it's not going to be till September. Thanksgiving? I've had so many. No, I've cleaned Christmas? every inch of my apartment. I have cleaned. I would. I need to cancel my car insurance. My car won't start anymore, you know. Oh, really? Oh, no. I have not oh, driven no. it. She's given up too, huh? My reliable award-winning <laughs> Honda is like, I give up. And I'm like, I don't blame you, girl. Right. She's like, I can't. We need the helpful Honda people to come over and help you out with your car, Allie. Yeah, where the hell are they, man? I know. I know. Even if, I bet they would show up in their masks and their cute little polo shirts, and they'd be like, hey, what's up? Here's a week of groceries, and let me just <laughs> restart your battery. Right. And then we'll swap it out with a brand new car. <sighs> you know what makes me feel <laughs> Yes. Well, I did a Honda commercial many years ago, and I thought that they were going to give me a new car at the end of it, because they were like, all right, we're going to talk about your real story about you and your Honda, and it was back in San Francisco, and I was on the radio up there, and they were like, it's going to be great, and then why don't you get a new car and talk about how great it is and what you love about it, and I was like, ooh, it's so sleek and new, and then I was like, yeah, they're going to give me a car, they're going to give you a car, and they were like, great, thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, "Uh, just kidding. Well, just kidding is kind of like the LA County orders, Allie, so now that you've had a chance to rant and get this off of your chest uh it's sort of yes for the next three months but not really i make clarify for you so dr barbara ferrer who i think is amazing and has been like she is sort of like our local dr fauci if you will she's director of public health department these are for folks who live in la county here but uh you know there's there's a lot of what of of what happens in california is being watched very closely by the rest of the country and so and we have the worst the highest number of cases in la county and so what she said she was asked are we going to go back to like completely normal soon and her response was no we're definitely with most certainty going to have restrictions through july now, but I what, thought she said safer at home until July. What she and said, I usually trust all Barbaras. <laughs> all all Barbaras are correct, right? She may be family too. I'm not sure, but <laughs> so what she meant was there's going to be some type of restrictions through July. So Mayor Garcetti, the mayor of LA, came was actually on Anderson Cooper a little bit later on in the evening, and he was like, okay. 
because then of course it was like trending on Twitter, right? Three more months, California lockdown, like everyone like had the reaction you just had and everyone was like freaking out. And so really, oh, I what, called my mom. I was like, I don't know what to do. We have to stay th- here until July. And she was like, just come, just come here. Just go now. Just it was come, like, come this is like, where are oh. you? Go north. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's actually going to be an easing, a softening, softening. Do you pronounce the T? Softening. I softening. like the way you pronounce it. There's a softening. <laughs> there's a softening of the, ease, the, the res- lockdown will soften. So the lockdown will soften uh, going throughout with maybe then thinking that things, some things could be back to like pretty close to normal after July. I don't think that will happen. Cal State LA or all of the Cal State system announced last night that they're not having any in-person classes this fall, except for a few individuals. Um, So no, we're going to be, we're going to be in some sort of restrictions through the rest of the year, but we're not going to be locked down like this through July. Okay. I am particularly worried about people like like a cousin of mine is a hairstylist and she's like, I haven't had any income since March. And I think mm. hair salon services and things like that are part of phase three, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're listening to Barb, that probably wouldn't be until June or July. So a person like that would theoretically be going four months uh huh. Without, without any income. Without income. Oh well, they got the twelve hundred dollars stimulus check from Donald Trump, Ali. You so know that's that's so funny you say that because be totally fine. I was chatting with my cousin just about that exact thing, and she said, "I always owe taxes." This is what we talked to Janet about. Uh huh. Yep. Janet uh-huh. Holdsblatt. God, we love Janet. Love Janet. Love her turtleneck. Love her look. I love her, her, her picture of her, her grandparents. Quirky everything. humor. Yeah. Her, her library. So she said. Uh, I usually owe taxes, so there's no that I have to get a check and the checks haven't been mailed yet. So she's somebody who doesn't have her stimulus check yet and she Uh, is not qualifying for unemployment. Oh, my God. You're kidding me. Yeah. So she's just literally (laughs) desperately trying to perform any services or do anything virtually that she can. And it's hard. I mean, what are you supposed to do if you? Are quarantining yourself and then there's one of your clients who's quarantining themselves and they're like I really need my hair done I want to give you money and you're like I really need money I need to eat bread to live <laughs> right, right what right. are you supposed to do well I do know that there's a there's a friend of ours who actually is a stylist like a barber who there who has gone out to other counties outside of LA County <gasps> with Ooh. gloves and masks has a whole routine actually ran it past me was like do you think this would be safe like all of this and of course I was like well no I don't really think you should be doing this but if you're gonna do it like this is the safest way some people have no choice so right well he does i know he doesn't have any choice so he's been going to other counties and offering to do in in yard in people's backyards haircuts and stuff uh or stoop cuts yeah yeah, like a stoop cut yeah interesting yeah i mean people have to get creative this this is rough i mean i thank you for clarifying james i i can breathe a a mini sigh of relief but let's also when we get back talk about what gavin gavin newsom had a lot to say and he 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 has a I, i have a theory on where he got his inspiration from we will get to gavin newsom's comments about california's reopening when we get back Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. I'm glad that James Simmons is around because he has clarified that what Barbara said is not necessarily true in L.A. County. We are not extending safer at home orders through July. And I didn't feel I felt 
bad, but I also felt really bad, especially for Ellen, because I was like, man, she's got to deal with two more months, two or three more months of people just crapping all over her. <laughs> it seems like the longer the quarantine the lasts, the worst. people just go. Yeah, they, they're <laughs> they're making bread and they're trashing Ellen. That's what everyone's doing. Right. This is like like bottom line. Right. And then I mean, there's some people who are protesting, but even those people, I think, are trashing Ellen. Like, I feel I feel so bad. <laughs> yes. I'm like, Ellen. I mean, or do we feel bad? Maybe that everyone needs like a moment where they have like a wake up call and just they just sometimes you just need to get checked into your reality a little bit and we all do this to each other who are not celebrities but maybe just this is Ellen's moment and I think what will be very telling is how she reacts to all of this I don't think she's reacted at all I think she's so angry that her cover's being blown. I just saw another headline that says, uh, this is from GOTV, Ellen DeGeneres lives in a bubble and called Steve Jobs to complain about the size of the font on her iPhone. So everyone's just finding like anything they can what? to crap on her. There, yeah. So it was. I know we have to talk about Gavin Newsom, but quickly, there was a former producer of the Ellen Show who chose to remain anonymous during a New York Post. Uh, New York Post is like behind all of this too. They're like, "What else you got? What else you got?" I know. They're like, they must have it in for her for some reason. <laughs> right. There's some staffer that works there that's like my mission. <laughs> Um, but they chatted and the, the former producer recalled an incident where DeGeneres personally dialed Apple CEO Steve Jobs number to complain about her iPhone revealed that she, uh, she stopped everything, made a call. Next thing we know, she literally, we hear Steve Jobs pick up and say, hi, Ellen. And Ellen told him that the iPhone should have a bigger font. (laughs) That's her. It's not that she's some demon. She just lives in an incredibly privileged bubble and is out of touch with the real world. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. That's pretty, that's pretty, I say fantastic and not in a like fantastic always equals good, like fantastic in that that's almost unbelievable sort of way. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so let's move on to Gavin Newsom. He made some statements yesterday, and I thought we'd quickly go over the nuts and bolts of uh, restaurant reopening specifically. And I know people are listening from all over, but it's also it's it seems like California people, like you said a little earlier, they look to California to see kind of what the because they're usually making these decisions first and they're really specific. And uh, so these these reopening bullet points for restaurants are very specific and I thought we'd go through some of them and then we'll play a little clip of Gavin Newsom speaking because I noticed some trends that I wanted to share and a theory I have uh oh very interesting because I have some theories about Gavin Newsom as well so I want to hear if we're matching them up but I'll wait until you we play your clip so these some of these uh, <clears throat> like sit and sit down or dine in service like what is that by the way like what what, is it anything with a table? Like if I go to a boba tea place or a pokey place and there's one oh. table and chairs, it's a restaurant, right? I Probably, yeah, yeah. So that that place has, that boba tea place has to have disposable menus or post their menus online so diners can view them on their own devices. They have to have cutlery, napkins, and cups should not be preset on the table before diners sit down. I guess that makes sense. So you don't have people like walking by coughing and sneezing on those things, right? Yes, that keep them under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're avoiding the use of shared condiments. So shared salt salt shakers and uh, ketchup bottles, et cetera, which kind of grossed me out in the first place anyway. Like I was sort of like, meh about using Ooh, these things. Especially when you go to places like the Cracker Barrel, places where there's like a lot of kids around. And then oh, you see yeah. those like that little trough of both ketchup and mustard and salt and had like jams and they're all sticky and you're like mm. also <laughs> so no more just, past the salt 
Really? I just know. I just see people in the bathrooms who don't. I, I don't remember the last time I actually saw anyone wash their hands appropriately. So if I just know that like everyone I'm seeing in the bathroom, at least the men I'm seeing in the bathroom, aren't washing their hands appropriately after going number two, then they're going and touching ketchup bottles and salt shaker. Like, I, and I just know, I think I know right. too much, you know? <laughs> you do. You know too much, you beautiful soul. Um, <laughs> pre-rolled utensils and napkins before giving them to c- customers, which a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Takeout containers for leftovers must be filled by customers. That's going to oh. be a lot of work. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some places do that already. Of course, they want you to thoroughly clean tables, chairs after each group. No table side food preparation. Damn it. No table side guacamole anymore. Oh, uh, the Chevy's waiters are going to be so upset. <laughs> just going to say that's Chevy's, their bread and butter. If they weren't already having issues, now it's really over for Chevy's because they are not going <laughs> to be able to make that guacamole table side. <laughs> They're not. And then finally, bar areas inside restaurants should stay closed. Okay, Jesse, do we have to go? Kind of. Yes, we do. Okay, when we get back, Ugh, we're going to play some of Gavin Newsom's statements from yesterday, and we're going to swap Gavin Newsom theories. It's going to happen. Ooh, oh, I like it. Okay. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. If you love tableside fajitas, it has been bad news for you in California. Gavin Newsom has released some information on how restaurants must reopen if they reopen those dine-in restaurants, which I've gotten in several arguments previously uh, in, in previous carnations of the show about what's, what makes a restaurant a restaurant, especially places like Popeye's, because Popeye's is considered a restaurant. And I was uh-huh, like, sure. that's a fast food joint. But fast food joint and restaurant apparently are one and the same. Often. And if you have a drive through it doesn't make you not a restaurant. But um, if you're a person who loves getting those to go, you know, you just want to hand them your plate and be like, I want this to go. They're going to do that thing where they come back and give you a container and you're like, no. I don't want to do it, but now you're going to have to. And you're probably going to be glad that you have to do it as well. Okay, before I play my clip, what is your theory about Gavin Newsom? Uh, My theory about Gavin Newsom is that he is very Trumpian. He's a little bit like Andrew Cuomo. Uh, All of these guys, I mean, whether you, you align with them politically or not, Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, Donald Trump are all old white guys. Well, middle aged or old white guys who all have very similar cadences and all say similar things in terms of their modifiers, their adjectives when they talk. Mm, the content so of what the content of what comes out of their mouth ends up being different. But there everything is tremendous. We have the most fantastic team. We have the top-notch people in the world. No one's ever done XYZ better or different the way that we have. Those things come out of those three men's mouth at the same rate. It's just what follows that up. Like Gavin Newsom will be like, we have the most tremendous hardworking people here, regardless of where they're from, regardless of their documented status, and they're all Californians, Uh right? And uh then Donald Trump will be like, we have the most tremendous, fantastic wall to keep all those rapists and drug dealers out. You know what I mean? Like, he'll say something really dumb, and Gavin Newsom says something really great, but they say it in the same way, and it's very interesting to me that all three of these men are in government positions of power, and they all sound very similar. Fascinating, because what I'm about to play for you is a different trend that I noticed in the way that Gavin Newsom speaks. 
And just this is just a clip of what he said. And we today can announce uh, that uh, based upon consultation, technical consultation and the self-certification and attestation. And I thought, has Gavin Newsom (laughs) been watching too much Disney Plus? Because if you really listen. And we today can announce uh, that uh, based upon consultation, technical consultation, and the self-certification and attestation. We'll have a plantation. A Dalmatian plantation. Raj, that's truly an inspiration. (laughs) To that phase two through their self-certification. It'll be a sensation. An attestation. We'll have a Dalmatian plantation. A Dalmatian plantation, I say. And those are dynamic conversations, <laughs> self-certification, <laughs> that they can be supported in isolation. We'll have a Dalmatian oh, plantation. So it just keeps going, I mean, there were so many Asians. There are so many Asians, like Dalmatians. I was, and then Pongo. This is actually Gavin Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, man, has he just really lost it? And he's like, hmm, yes, attestation and isolation. It'll be a sensation. All you It'll need is an old sensation. lady in the background being like, It'll be a sensation. So that's what I noticed. Differing theories, but both word related and word choicing. Um, all right, we have to go. We'll be right back. More drop the subject. Zoom firings are happening. There were 3,500 that happened yesterday, or no, earlier this week uh, on Monday. There are many, many more that are happening. And is it the worst way to get fired? We're not really sure. We'll break it down next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I know that we have been talking about coronavirus restrictions for pretty much the whole show so far, but I promise you we have some non-COVID related things that are coming up later in the show. I even dare to say we will have a corona-free hour of radio coming your way. Watch out now. I feel like that sounds like old school radio to me, Allie. Corona-free hour. Commercial-free hour. Free. You decide. (laughs) It's going to be tough. (laughs) <laughs> but we'll do it. I think I think we can pull it off. Yeah. So bear with us a little bit because some of this information is really important. And probably if you don't live in California or or even L.A. County, uh, wherever, some of these things are going to apply to you because a lot of these guidelines are pretty similar to other places. So, you know, we talked about in the last break, uh, boop, restaurants reopening. But now there's also uh, sort of Gavin Newsom has laid out how office spaces will reopen And some of them are kind of things that you think that should happen, like train your staff how to clean, which I think is really funny, (laughs) like as Ah. if they don't already know. But then there's also some other things that I hadn't really thought about, which are really, really great. So training employees on safety and self-screening, of course, but do temperature and symptom screenings daily for employees, which is something we do at the hospital already. We you come in, your temperature gets taken. They ask you about, we have to fill out this thing before we can work, like this symptom checker and like do all this stuff, whatever. Oh, and you get to work every day? Yeah. So we actually have to mm-hmm. fill it out online before we go to work. And then if we if we have certain symptoms or whatever, they'll just be like, don't come in. Please call this number. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, if you really wanted to call in sick, it's pretty easy then. 
I mean, yeah, it's very much the honor system. Like it's very much <laughs> yeah. to be, when someone the other day was like, I could just be taking Tylenol and then technically not have a fever and then I would qualify to work. And then I was like, yeah, and you'd be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to know that nurses call each other's assholes. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) There's also some other things like doing extra cleaning on high traffic areas, break rooms, elevators. I mean, this is all stuff that's good to practice in every office space in general, requiring requiring employees to disinfect personal work areas, avoiding handshakes. I think handshakes are going to be completely gone. Yep. Goodbye. R.I.P. We should have a we should have a handshake funeral on the show because I don't think they're ever coming back. Oh, and yeah, I think we should have a funeral. You're right. Installing systems to bring more outside air in because of the whole air conditioning thing, right? Yeah. Well, there's been some really interesting, you know, this is not hard data. We don't know this as truth, but there's been a lot of really interesting studies going on about trying to understand if HVAC systems play a slightly more significant role in this than we thought beforehand. So I think it's interesting that it's showing up in the guidelines here to say like, oh, we got to get more outside air in, pump the inside air out. Right. And let's also keep in mind that going back to work is also a privilege. There are so many people that are out of work right now. As I mentioned earlier, A lot of people have been fired since this furloughed, laid off, and many of them have been fired over Zoom. And is that the... I know we've talked about how if getting broken up with over Zoom is the worst. I, I think that we decided it was better than a text message. But getting fired over Zoom... When you, especially, you know, if, if you're asked to you click and then you get your way, you've already done the front of your hair or whatever, you put on your best top and you're ready for just another day of work. And then you see you and 3000 other employees are on one Zoom call with the CEO of the company. And within two minutes, you have no job anymore. And is that is that the worst way to get fired? Because I, as somebody who's been fired several times, I can let you know that there are pluses and minuses with, with, to, with what I would imagine it, is, it feels like to get fired over Zoom. On the one hand, you can't go into work and get your, your things, which is when you're oh. inside the building, you can grab your stuff and scurry out and maybe swear at some people on the way out. <laughs> right? I mean, you can't, you have to literally like make it a point to like Zoom dial in someone or FaceTime someone just to yeah, be like- a private message cuss. Right. You know what, Sandra? Every time you took my lunch from the refrigerator, right. you really hurt me. <laughs> right, exactly. Or is it kind of a benefit because all you have to do is quickly leave the meeting, start drinking, and just- be at least you're in your pajama bottoms. You're already with your quarantine partner or your cats or whoever. And you're kind of in the comfort of your own home rather than being in an office building that now, you know, you, when you have your scan card, your scan card already doesn't work anymore. You're already locked out of your email. I mean, yep. all of these things are very hurtful and hard to deal with when you're in the building in the moment. So is it kind of better to get fired over Zoom? I think that I would be okay with that. I think that the the very temporary awkwardness that happens over Zoom, I mean, not being someone who's ever been fired ever, Ali. Um, oh, well. So yep. I just, cool. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be fired, but but I think that I would just be like, okay, I'm really sorry that it came to this. You know, please let me know when I can get my things. Goodbye. And then it's just like you hit the leave meeting button and then you can be like, oh, my God, I need I need a drink. You know, I think I'd be yeah. fine with it. Yeah. Well, uh, let us know, you know, what your experience has been like at this whole. That's a part of what's great about doing radio is that we get to interact with you guys, how you guys are doing, how you're feeling. You can always interact with us by uh, calling the 
what is it? What's the, the phone daddy call? line? The daddy line. Eight. Three two three eight six daddy. You can you, you can yell. It. You can scream. If you didn't have a chance to yell at Sheila, you can yell at us. Dirty. Or you can also tweet at us at DTS Show and message us on Instagram. When we get back, Maskioki. We'll explain. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Some ideas are fully fleshed out and and hashed out off the air and others we just kind of think of and throw them on and just see what happens. And that's what's about to happen here on Drop the Subject. And that is 99% of the show. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> it's a, a new segment that we like to call Maskioki. Yes, it is basically our own version of the masked singer. In this case, we are the singers and we are going to be wearing masks. I, for the purpose of this, we are going to be double masking it and we are going to be mm-hmm. singing songs for each other. The other person will have to guess which song we're singing. It's very difficult. I think it's going to be more difficult than we think. Walking around with a mask on a daily basis, I was talking on the phone with somebody while I, was, while I had a mask on and I was screaming because I'm just yes. like, can you hear me? And <laughs> jokes don't land the same. I mean, there's a lot that goes wrong no. when you're wearing a mask. And I don't know if you're a good singer, James, but I think trying to sing or hum a song and having the other person recognize it is going to be a little more difficult than it normally would. Yes. I also, I am not a good singer. And so I think that I will sound better masked. (laughs) I will sound better garbled. This is also, you, you talked about the mask being being a thing. I also, I kind of feel like it's like in-person zoom calling because this happens at the hospital. So there's the noise of the hospital going on in the background Mm -hmm. and then everyone's got masks on and you can't read lips and I'm halfway deaf deaf anyway. And then you've got all this stuff going on and then someone's saying something and you're like, uh, huh? And And it's it's basically like a zoom call in person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to talk on the phone with your mask on. Yeah. Oh, everything has to be the mascot. It's a it's a hot mess. It's a mess, <laughs> which is a, also going to be a mess is going to be my singing. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> you know, the mass singer of the show is a hot mess as well. And you can see the people underneath it, Shaka Khan or whoever it is struggling to sing with a mask on. Even a very, very well-developed mask that is built for singing is still difficult. Oh. So uh, we're going to try it. I have I have an N95 mask right here. So I'm going to put this nice. on. Look at you. Let's, all right. Let's put our mask on. And then putting, I'm going right, to put on a go. second mask. So here we go. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-oh. See, you're doing the double, the N95 and the mask. I'm just doing the double cloth, but they're like brand new, really thick cloth masks. And they're kind of coming on already. All right. Well, you know what? I really like the mask that you have on. You've got uh, special designs. It looks like you're getting some good fashion sense over there with your masks you've got a black oh, yeah. one and a red both with cool patterns thank you one of them is a pattern of a puppy like little puppy paw prints and the other one is the nebraska Cornhuskers logo thank you to my cousin you know i can actually understand you pretty well can you understand me i can't understand you i mean you're muffled but i can understand you all right so here's how this is going to work I am it's really hard to keep both of these on at the same time. My ears cannot handle this. Okay. Right. You're falling forward. So we're going to do one round where we're singing the words to the song. And uh-huh. then the second round is going to be humming, humming only. Okay. Okay. And you have your two songs. I've got you my said, two songs. You said humming only? Humming, humming. only? It's the second one is going to be just humming. Okay. Okay. Humming the on. first one Plumbing is going to be the Okay. Okay. Pl- I'm not a good plumber. 
Is that what you said? Yeah, humming. Humming. Hum. Hum. Got it. Hum. Okay. I'll start. Okay. You're gonna Ready. have 10 seconds. I'm gonna. This is uh, sort of a name that tune style, right? So I will uh, sing 10 seconds okay, of the song, go. and you Super have 10 nervous. seconds to guess what it is. Jesse's got a clock going. Jesse, if you can hear me, start the clock. All right. Now I can't forget this evening. God, your face is on your leaving. Um, but I guess that's just the way the song goes. You're yeah. always loving it. You're always just on your shows. Dun, dun, dun. I can't live. I can't live without you. But uh, Journey, Chicago, Boston, some Who Wichita, it? Wichita, what? Journey, Boston. No, those are all wrong. Damn it. Uh, oh, uh, you got the song now. What's the song title? I can't, I can't live. <laughs> Living is without you. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, you got, uh, I'll give you half a point, half right, because you got the song, but not the artist. It was originally written by Harry Nelson, but made uh -huh. popular by Mariah Carey. Oh, okay. I went to the old school version. I went to the like '70s version of the song. Okay. But yes, okay. okay Mariah Did Journey sing it? Yeah, somebody. Okay, listeners, you guys got to tweet us. Somebody else sang this song before Mariah Carey. I think so. Okay, your turn. Okay. Whew, ready? We can't go on. Just a running away. We're not staying any longer. <laughs> we will surely never get away. Uh, oh, oh, it's, uh, it's a Nickelback. It's One Direction. It's, um, <laughs> it's Backstreet Boys. Old School Drive. It's, um, no. Who is it? Oh, I don't know. Anything you want, we can make it happen. Uh, Stand anything. up and turn around. Never let them shoot us down. The Spice Ever. Girls. No, no. It's We're not friends. The damn Spice Girls. It's Who is it? Oh, wait. What song is this? Who sings that song? We can. Um, who sings that song? It's Heart. Are you oh, kidding me? That's like the greatest rock band ever. It's Heart. The song is never. It's my favorite Heart song. Okay. Well, I it is it is zero to half point, and Maskioki <laughs> will continue. There's more where this came from. The next round, we can do no words. There are no words. It's coming. Let's stay brain on drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. And welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are smack dab in the middle of Maskioki. We currently have two masks on each. I'm Allie Johnson. Over there is James Simmons. Hello. Do you think, just from a nurse practitioner perspective, we need to disinfect our microphones now that we are wearing these contaminated masks? Well, I feel like hopefully we're inside and we washed our masks and our, our hands and whatever. I would worry about the microphones if we didn't have the masks on, actually. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I feel bad for microphones most of the time. I know. We spit all over them. Anyway, it's like a whole thing. But I think what the real story is here, Allie, is that I am leading you once again in a game I'm not really sure how this happens, but I just continue to dominate. You really do. If it's not the quarantine scavenger hunt, you're usually winning any game when I don't know why I still do this to myself, but we're going to keep <laughs> continue on. This is the second round of Maskioki. The first round was singing with words, with our masks on, acapella. We had 10 seconds to answer and figure out which song the other person was singing. 
Now we make it harder. Now we remove words and just hum, 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 hum. So I, I guess I will go first since I went first last time. You go first. You, and you just, got half a point. I've got zero. If you're, if you're just catching up, we both have two masks on. Allie has an N95 and a cloth mask. Mm -hmm. And I, what is your design, Allie? It's actually The Incredibles. Oh, it is The Incredibles. It's kind yeah, of a little bit hard man. to see. Oh, that's super cute. And I, I have puppy paw prints and the Nebraska Cornhuskers logo. Oh, it is The Incredibles. Look at it. I actually think you have to hum this voice as Incredigirl now. Incredible girl. <laughs> All right, I'll try it. I'm going to do it as Elastigirl. Uh, Elastigirl, that's her name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is someone I've always wanted to see in concert. I'm giving you a hint. Okay. All right. Here we go. Start the clock, Jesse. This is, uh, it's, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even tell from your dancing that. Lady Gaga, no. That's, I know that. That's Missy Elliott. Yeah! What song? Uh, get your freak on. Yeah, get your freak on. Get yeah. That's right, Missy Elliott doing you proud. She is a living legend. Oh, Got a nice. favorite concert. Okay. Um, so uh, my my clue, very good, Allie. Good song choice. My clue for you is same genre of music. I'll give really? you a clue this time because it's. I think my song's going to be really hard. Wait, so same genre as Heart or same genre as Missy E? Same genre as Missy Elliott. Okay, okay. Okay, same genre. And maybe even same time period-ish. Ish. Okay. All right, are you understand? Okay, listen. So you're also ready? doing a rap song? Nope, not doing a rap song. Okay. Okay, here we go. All right, ready, go. Okay, I was just sitting. Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. I've lost. You totally know that song. You got the beat right. You know it. Oh my gosh. Is it? It's not Dre. Can you do the words now? Uh, that that part was the words, and then and then it goes into the beat. <laughs> oh my god, who is it? Is it Aaliyah? No. You're gonna die. You're gonna die when you hear it. I'm gonna play is it. Is it? Ah, who is it? Bag Lady by Erica Badu. Okay, where I know this song so well. I'm so crappy at all these. Well, this has been Maskioki, and I don't know if we will reprise this back on the air, but hopefully some of you had fun or at least understood at least a fifth of what we were saying. I think we sound better now. I think we sound better now. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It.
Ah, oh, feels good to have those masks off in the privacy of our own homes. Welcome back, microphone, to my droplets. And welcome back to Drop the Subject, Allie and James. And we're about to start <laughs> News It or Lose It. I'm dying. <laughs> well, well, welcome back to my droplets. <laughs> I know the microphone's like, damn it. You're like, ah, oh, let me see. There. Ooh. That is a substantial. like mine. Right. Beer. That is a solid water bottle sound. Ain't it, though? I love it. Here is your first headline. Here's how it works. I'll give you three. You news or lose whatever you choose. Your first headline is the moon mysteriously disappeared 900 years ago and scientists now think they know why. (laughs) When I saw this headline, I intentionally did not read it because I knew that you would give it to me for news or lose it. Yay. Headline number two. Worst job ever. Hundreds of pigs need to be milked for semen in Australia. Oh, God. No, I think that's plenty. <laughs> Heard enough. Heard okay. enough. All right. You don't need uh, to know that they also have to uh, pick it up by hand, but go on. Okay. Stop it. And this is from a kid who grew up in Nebraska. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Have you ever had, you know, like weird stuff to eat? You know, like it's bull balls and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. When you're a kid, there's a, it's a whole like rite of passage. You get, they call them Rocky Mountain oysters. Um, and so <laughs> Are they like, good? Oh, you want some Rocky Mountain oysters? And you're like, sure, I guess. I don't know. Because they just look just like chicken nuggets. So you're like, okay. And then you eat them. And then afterwards, of course, they tell you that there are bull testicles. <laughs> 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 and then, <laughs> well, Allie got really excited about bull testicles. I mean, that slow burn is so literal and figurative at the same time. I love right. after you eat balls, being told you've eaten balls is such a great rite of passage. <laughs> but that's not what you're discussed. That needs to be a different talk break for a different time. Your final headline is the world's last blockbuster remains open. Pandemic and Netflix be damned. Yeah, buddy. Love this story. So let's start with blockbuster, shall we? Um, blockbuster video. Wow, what a difference. Wow, you remember the theme song. You should have done that for Maskioki. I should. Maybe we could do a theme, uh, like a jingle version. A jingle version? Totally, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so the world's last blockbuster remains open. I thought that this was in Alaska, but it is in Bend, Oregon. And I, I'm actually surprised that they are open, open, but I guess they're open for pickup only because, you know, you can't walk into the store right now. But I believe you can online order and then pick up at the at a kiosk or there's somebody outside who's going to bring it to your car. But um, on its website, the world's last blockbuster video sells its own made in Oregon merchandise with t-shirts, hoodies, foam trucker hats, all printed with the almost extinct uh, chains torn ticket logo. It also offers laminated replicas of its once ubiquitous membership cards and a bumper sticker that says I survived along with the last blockbuster in already distressed capital letters. So they've been owning it. They have not just outlasted their contemporaries, survived the threats of streaming services and ongoing international pandemics. It's also recently stretched its lifespan past that of its local DVD distributor, whatever that means. Now, when Blockbuster's longtime general manager, Sandy Harding, wants to add new releases to the store shelves, she had to go and buy them herself. Oh, I see. The person that was giving. Oh, okay. So their big distributor. Yeah. So she said the big title for next week is Call of the Wild. 
She said she usually starts out with 30 copies on DVD and 12 to 14 on Blu-ray. She'll just go to Walmart and buy them and then put them in the store. <laughs> I mean, if it works, but I'm, I'm sure that's not her their primary source of income, right? Their primary source of income is like people who come to the store and buy the merch and do the things. And you see people like taking selfies and things, I'm sure. You know what I mean? I almost just want to like send them money and be like, I haven't had a DVD player in 10 years, but like, here's some money. Keep going, boo. It's funny that you say DVD player because there is a blockbuster Twitter handle. I mean, there's a Twitter for the last blockbuster. It's called at Lone Blockbuster. And they post it's a really great follow if you want some funny blockbuster commentary on your feed. But they said, we're considering changing our logo. Which of the following would increase our store visits? A, a DVD playing guitar. B, a bag of flaming popcorn or a flaming bag of popcorn, or see a busty woman using a VCR, which was the overwhelming winner. <laughs> of, co- of course it would. It does make me wonder, though. How, I mean, is this like a hipster retro thing? Like people are coming totally. back with, with their DVD players and their VCRs, and now it's cool? Yeah, and I think that it's funny. Just to, I bet people would, just for the novelty of it, buy a DVD, di- buy a movie that's only available on DVD and just post a picture with it. And be right. like, blockbuster, yeah, and then bring it back. And then that's it. Anyway, that's fantastic. Well, good for them, lone blockbuster. Good job. And give them a follow. They're funny. All right. The moon mysteriously disappeared 900 years ago. What? This is around the time that the first blockbuster was made. Right. <laughs> Very good. And scientists think they know why, finally. On May 5th, 1110, the moon... Above medieval England disappeared during a very disastrous year of famine and bad weather. A millennium later, scientists have come up with an unexpected possible answer. Volcanoes. Volcanoes. So they noticed a total lunar eclipse 900 years ago that was baffling, even terrifying. And during the unusually dark ecliptic blackout, the moon was so completely extinguished that... Uh, with extinguished with all that neither light nor orb nor anything at all of its <laughs> of it was seen and so this scientist at University of Geneva figured out that it was volcanoes basically but there I mean there's a very long explanation that I don't know how to explain to you right Some now I'm just going to be totally seconds. honest but I it was mean, volcanoes and volcanoes I was I have are responsible for a lot of the climate that we currently have on earth they yes. think that's possibly how we got water yeah oh yeah there's this whole I mean if you if you go along with the Mars seeding Earth's plan and or that theory and all these other things like ultimately volcanoes have so much to do and there are you know you can have volcanoes erupt in other parts of the world and that the gas from that and the smoke from that can travel everywhere so maybe the moon only disappeared in england right but, but at other places they right but in other places jesse's getting mad he's getting all off right cranky. all right okay. i know we're, we're talking about fi- the moon fire him soon but yeah, uh, get on Zoom, Jesse. We have something to tell you. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. James Simmons guest co-hosting with your Ali Johnson. And we are rolling right along. Thank you for putting up with us during Maskioki. Yeah. <laughs> Thought it was pretty funny earlier. We might have to do that again later on. Um, but we sort of have some interesting... We're going to kind of shift the conversation just a little bit here. Uh, the Supreme Court is back in session. And as uh, many folks know, if you haven't heard, they are hearing cases for the first time ever 
over the phone and over Zoom, just like the rest of the world. Uh, But they have decided that, of course, you want to keep all of those individuals as safe and healthy as possible. So they're not doing anything in person. They're hearing these cases uh, electronically and over Zoom, over the phone. And, um, you know, right now, the case that's being discussed is, is whether or not Donald Trump has to release his taxes, um, and that has come all the way up through the minor courts and is now to the Supreme Court level. He's at. There have actually been decisions in both ways on the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, it seems to be pretty evenly split, exactly along sort of uh, the judge's political leanings. And I know the Supreme Court judges are not supposed to have political leanings. They're supposed to go by the law, but we know that that's not true. So there tend to be three or four who tend to be left, uh, four or five who tend to be right. Right now, there are four uh, judges who seem to be leaning towards Donald Trump releasing his taxes, another four leaning towards that he does not have to. And then uh, Judge Roberts is kind of stuck in the middle, which happens often with him, Um, sort of trying to decide the legal precedent of this seems to be coming up because every single other presidential candidate or president, period, has done this. So it's kind of an interesting case right now. But for um, our community uh, and for the, the, the LGBTQ community, the Channel Q listener, there's another case that is really pretty interesting um, coming up. Uh, in terms of understanding whether or not the federal anti-discrimination laws based on gender apply to transgender individuals. Um, And we've unfortunately had the individual who was at the center of the case unfortunately died. Yeah, she died at the age of 59. So she was, I, I guess she was suffering from some complications related to kidney disease she died it with her with her wife in Detroit. Uh, Donna Stevens was by her side, and yeah, Amy Stevens has been one of the big. I mean, there's three big cases that mm-hmm. are that have reached the Supreme Court level uh, when it comes to LGBT anti discrimination in the workplace. She is a person who. She was a funeral director. She had been working there for six years. And in 2013, she announced that she was transitioning. Mm-hmm. She let she let her coworkers know. She said, I've known many of you for a long time, but I want to live and work full time as my true self, as a woman. And I, and I will come in appropriate business attire. And not long after that, she was fired. And her boss, who uh, went by the name of Thomas Rost, said that he believed coming to work dressed as a woman was not going to be acceptable. So, of course, she sued because she should have arguing that being terminated for the basis of her transgender status was not uh, constitutional or not legal. And so this has gone all the way up to the Supreme Court. And I believe, I don't know how the timeline works now because I I think it was June that some of these things are supposed to be decided on. Lower courts have ruled in her favor and how the Supreme Court rules will have critical implications for our community, obviously. And so, you know, there's a lot of people paying tribute and thanking her for standing up and being, and I don't think she's somebody that necessarily considered herself to be a huge activist, but she was in the sense that she stood up for herself and was like, no, this isn't okay. And I think Mm -hmm. it's amazing that it's gone to the Supreme Court. I, I agree 100%. And I, you know, it is a really difficult loss, just just in general, just, um, you know, it's it's hard to lose a member of the community who is fighting so hard, whether that's like kind of a choice that they made to have to fight or a place that they were put into. Um, that's really difficult. I, I do think from a uh, how the Supreme Court might rule standpoint, 
Um, pundits tend to believe that you know lower courts have agreed with her and her lawyers, stating that it's you know analytically impossible to fire an employee based on that employee's status as a transgender person without being motivated, at least in part, by the employee's sex, which is illegal. You can't right. fire someone just because they are a gender that you may or may not like or may or may not think is appropriate for that role. So, which is really the, you know, when you get down to the very legal question of this, that's where this comes from. So it will be interesting and remains to be seen how quickly the Supreme Court will get to this case, um, you know, with their new system now. Um, but our hearts and thoughts and prayers for those yeah. of you who are spiritual and all of that go out to um, Amy Stevens' family um, and her loved ones. Absolutely. Well, when we get back, Radio stations they love to go commercial free we are going corona free for the next hour there will be no direct talk of coronavirus for the entire hour can we do it we will find out when we are joined by matilda herself mara wilson is on with us next drop the subject the new channel q welcome back to drop the subject with ali johnson and james simmons and uh excited to talk to mara wilson right now of course you have Mm. seen her face I mean, since the early 90s in Mrs. Doubtfire, Miracle on 34th Street, Matilda. She's doing all kinds of stuff now. She's written a book called Where Am I Now? True Stories of Girlhood and Accidental Fame that was published a few years back. Also a member of the family of the LGBTQ community. So I I welcome to the show, Mara. We're very happy to have you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Now we have to start off and ask what we're asking everybody. How's it going? How's the quarantine? Bin. It seems like you've been maybe <laughs> taking up baking like many of us. Yes. I mean, I've I've always loved to bake, uh, but I haven't been baking so much lately, but I kind of got back into it in the past few weeks because uh, I had to, <laughs> uh, to keep myself, you know, not, not sane, but occupied. And, uh, yeah, I, I recently did a thing with Michael from the Great British Bake Off, who is just the loveliest human being. And we made these little, uh, mini pie, like sort of tarts that my sister makes and the jam filling, he said was the best jam that he'd ever had in his life. So we were pretty pleased about that wait, because, whoa, wait a minute. Who from the Great British Bake off it, Michael from the most recent. Ma- oh, yes. okay, okay. Because I was like, wait a minute, which one? That's crazy. What a compliment! Yeah. I would feel yes. so good about myself. No we, soggy bottoms. I know we were we were incredibly <laughs> impressed because this is just something that my sister came up with, and you know we were messing around in the kitchen, and and I think I was like, you know, why don't you put in some orange zest or why don't you do this? Like it's mostly her recipe. I don't know. I might have come up with a little bit of it, but yeah. And I've been making my my chocolate chip cookies that I always make, and I really want to make my dad's bread recipe and you know my brother's challah recipe and all of these things. But it's it's definitely baking is very soothing for me. Always has been, and I'm so glad that there that the that the sh- stores and and restaurants and places have been have had you know flour and yeast again because for a while they didn't have anything and I was like what am I supposed to do? I mean that is a thing. We actually Allie tried to make bread. The, we tried to like sort of make bread the other day and yeah. I, my bread turned out flawlessly. Yeah, because Allie's James did didn't. He just put sliced bread in an oven and then was like, I did it. <laughs> I actually tried, but I had no yeast, so it was just a soda bread loaf that molded in a week. So I mean, looking uh, at yeah. the stuff you've been making is a, another level. Thank you. I, I appreciate you thinking that because I I'm always like when it comes to bread I'm terrible like my dad makes really good bread but but yeah my bread has never it, it turns out to be like more like a like a blunt object 
that that you know would probably hurt to be hit with rather than something you could eat. <laughs> You're like it's actually a weapon. For yeah, in clue. it's more of a weapon. It's yeah. more of a weapon. Yes. <laughs> now, just starting from your your you started your career obviously at a really young age, and you you wanted to to start acting. It was something that you were eager to get into, and and now look at you. And I I feel like when everybody meets you and sees you, they talk about. I, I was not a cute kid, so I was never told by <laughs> even family being like, oh, when you were younger, blah, blah, blah. But you get it everywhere all the time. And it kind of comes with the territory. Well, it's it's strange to me because, you know, when I was, I, I think I was, I had just turned five when I started acting and I didn't think of myself as a cute kid. You know, you, you don't really have a sense of yourself as that. And, and I still think like, I still think that I was just kind of like approachably cute. I've seen I've seen far more beautiful children. I think like my my <laughs> my my sister was far cuter than I ever was. But I do think that there was kind of a they wanted a more natural look in the '90s. I don't know if that's the case in you know when I got a little older in the 2000s and you know and perhaps today. But I, it is kind of strange because it feels sort of like. Like when you meet somebody that, you know, your mom knew or your grandmother knew and they're like, I remember you when you were this big. Right. And it just feels like everybody is like that. <laughs> All the time. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm actually like a completely different human being now than yes. I was when I was six. Exactly. And that can be, and that was really difficult for me for a long time. And it felt frustrating for me too, because for a long time, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do any acting ever again. And so it was frustrating to me when people were like, why aren't you acting anymore? And the thing is also that that it's not acting isn't something you can just get back into. You know, it's a it's a difficult thing, and there are a lot of barriers to doing it. And I still do act, you know, in projects with friends and things like that, but I don't do it as a full time job. And uh, although does anybody do it as a full time job? Yeah. It's not a very <laughs> right. it's not a very Every, regular career. Right. Everyone's a slash. Right. Yeah. Slash something. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I've I've been a slash for a very long time too. So, but yeah, and I think I had a lot of frustration and bitterness. And I spent probably even a lot of my 20s kind of getting through that and, and struggling with that and struggling with people's expectations of me and, and you know, definitely had a bit of a chip on my shoulder about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I thank you. I appreciate when people understand where that comes from. Uh, but I do think that I also, I, I do think that I, I appreciate where it comes from because I I appreciate their appreciation, really, because it it comes from them having really good memories of things. And I have to remind myself that you know things that affected me deeply when I was a child, and the things that I really loved as a child, they still mean the world to me. Absolutely. I mean, you can't forget all of those things that made you a part yeah. of who you are now, but then also exactly. to a certain degree, you have to let those things go and embrace who you are now. Yeah, exactly. And it's a difficult balance, you know. You you, you kind of have to being who you are now versus honoring who you were, but. It's it, and it is really hard. And also, the truth is that people don't have the image of me as a child because they never really knew me. They never really knew Mara. They knew they knew Matilda. They knew these characters that were like mm. me. And so, it's kind of hard to figure out who you are when you've spent so much of your life being someone else. Right. They're like, move and, that pencil with your mind. And you're like, that's not, no. People I, people would say things like that to me all the time. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and I also was a little frustrated because I was like, you're taking away the, way the wrong message from Matilda. Right. The whole thing is, <laughs> is knowledge is, right, right. It, it's allegorical, you guys. It's knowledge is power, but okay. But if uh, that's, yeah. I mean, if that's the thing you're taking away from it, you know, I guess that's uh, fine. People always tell me, they're like, I used to think that I had magic powers. And I just like, I probably get that at least once a week. And I like, I just want to like facepalm. I'm like, guys, that's not, 
But I mean, they were children when they saw it, of course. Yeah, you know? I know. And children have magical thinking. And and I, I never thought that I had... Sometimes they'll be like, did you think you had magical powers? And I'll be like, not more than any other kid did. <laughs> not because of Matilda. <laughs> we like, were that was just, your uh, takeaway was now I have power. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of this, all of this, these movies and everything. Yeah, I think it's pretty... You said magical powers and we just got done talking about Donald Trump. Yes. Oh, so Why'd you have to use that word, James? We were having a good thinking. time. I'm sorry. I know we're having such a lovely <laughs> conversation and I ruined it. <laughs> well, you know, some people grow up and some people don't. That's so. true. That's true. Some people act younger than the age of six. All right. When yeah. we get back, we're going to continue talking to Mara Wilson about her book, some of the exciting things that she's working on now, plus many more questions. Drop the Subject continues after this. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right, welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James. We're on with Mara Wilson. We're having a wonderful conversation about magical powers. Of course, we're all adults now. And I just wanted to ask you, I mean, Matilda, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, all kinds of movies that you were in when you were younger, and then just shot into Melrose Place, which I'm sure was a tricky transition. But uh, I just wanted to know, best on-screen parent in your whole young acting life? That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, Melrose Place was actually one of my first jobs. Um, they, I had so many good on-screen parents that I, I really don't think I can choose. I I mean, I started off with Robin Williams and Sally Field. So yeah, how like, do you go up from that? Starting from a high yeah. place, you know. And absolutely. Elizabeth Perkins on, on Miracle was, was mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. So sweet to me. And Dylan McDermott, who played the man who becomes my stepfather, was just absolutely hilarious and so kind and like would like play basketball with my brothers just a really down-to-earth wonderful man and mm-hmm. and then uh and Doug Savant on on Melrose Place was actually so wonderful that every time we we did a shot and they said print it we would have a print victory dance so we would do the print dance yeah, he was a sweet guy and Matilda I mean I've spoken I've spoken very highly of of the people that I worked with on Matilda, of course, uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. You know, they were horrible to me in the movie, but now they were they were so nice to me. And <laughs> I actually, you know, they took care of me and my family when my mother was sick with cancer when she eventually died. And I did a sitcom with Rhea actually after Matilda came out called Pearl. And that was one of the most fun experiences I'd ever had in my life. And I remember her introducing me to the studio audience and saying, this is Mara Wilson. Now I get to be nice to her. Oh, <laughs> do you still talk to some of those guys? I mean, I you do, must, you yeah. know, and every now and then, you know, we talk on Twitter or something. Elizabeth Perkins, I sent her messages saying like, I love you, mom. And, mm. uh, and yeah, and, and Danny, Danny and Rhea and I will email back and forth and they're just the sweetest. And, uh, and yeah, I, I really, I really love them. I, I just, I was so lucky and I had, I like Michael Ritchie was like a dad to me too. He never played my parent, but he was a director I worked with and he was also incredibly wonderful. So I got really lucky. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm jealous of your on-screen parents as well. Yeah, I mean, like, no, damn. believe me, there were there were people I worked with who were not that pleasant, but I don't think anybody would be, would be surprised by that. Oh, <laughs> They'd be really? like, oh yeah, they didn't seem. They're like, yeah, they didn't seem like the nicest. But you oh, know. okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, you've you've come out with a book. This was a few years ago, but Mara Wilson, who's been in, um, you know, countless Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, Mrs. Doubtfire, Matilda, many, many more, mm-hmm. Melrose Place. You came out with the book. Where am I now? The true stories of girlhood and accidental fame. And I just wanted to, in case anyone 
anyone hasn't had a chance to read the book yet, mm-hmm. I wanted you to explain to our listeners why you were screaming around the set of Mrs. Doubtfire. I know about sex. I know about sex. Oh, well, because my mom had just explained what sex was to me like <laughs> the day before. And I think my mom had sort of explained like piecemeal to me. Like I'd ask I'd asked questions and she'd answered, but I never really put it together until she was watching like something on PBS and it was like kids in like a sex education class. And I was like, what are you watching? And so my mom actually sat me down and explained things to me, but I felt like I knew this big secret. And so the next day I started asking like one of the women who did my hair, I was like, did you, uh, you know, like, so have you done it? And, and, you know, started singing that I knew about sex and, you know, Robin and Chris Columbus, like I I heard them talking and they laughed it off and they actually probably helped me from getting in trouble because my mom was very, very clear with me that there was a certain way that I needed to behave on set and Mm. I was not behaving that way. (laughs) Well, you just found out about sex. How can you? Yeah, it was exciting. You know, (laughs) I I knew a big secret and I I was not very good at keeping secrets at five. I mean, what a five-year-old is, right? Correct. Correct. Exactly. So, so I was very excited about that. So yeah, but that was one of my embarrassing moments, most embarrassing moments of my life. And, and then uh, when I look back on it, I would just feel like, God, I hope nobody remembers that. But the thing is, <laughs> but then that, you wrote about it in your book. Now everybody, yeah, exactly. Then, but then, but then, but then the thing is, as you get older, you realize like that the most horrifying, embarrassing things you've ever done actually make great stories. Mm-hmm. So really true. It made a great story. Speaking of stories, like you've you've been involved with just you know recently Gabby Dunn's queer live reads yes. on YouTube, and I this is like so exciting, and I kind of just want to know like how did you get involved with this, and what was this first reading like, and and tell us a little bit about that because I know this is something absolutely our listeners will want to go like check out. So Gabby has yeah, so Gabby will find she will find a script and she will get just a, a roster of LGBTQ uh, actors or, or performers and get them to read and perform the scripts. And so we did Ocean's Eleven, the, uh, mm-hmm. the 2001 one, a couple days ago. And I <laughs> she had me playing uh, Saul, Carl Reiner's character, which was really <laughs> fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you had your sunglasses uh, on. You really yes, went I for had, it. Uh-huh. I had my sunglasses on. I had like, I, I, I wore like my dad's old windbreaker for part of it. And then I like actually put on a nice suit jacket for another part and I think like uh, me and, and and Mal probably Mal Bloom and I kind of went for it the most and uh, mm-hmm. oh, except for the twins they they like went in full drag which is great um, Elise and <laughs> Elise and that yeah but uh-huh. we we all had so much fun doing that and I, I I've known Gabby for a couple of years now and she just always is full of good good ideas and full of like great things to do and she pulls people together really well and she knows everybody so it was a really great thing and I mean I was really impressed I mean I obviously like that she got like stuff in it that was so cool and Jen Jen Richards is an amazing performer and she was so great and she was eating the whole time because Brad Pitt's character in that movie is always eating Eating, so she she had yeah so she was eating and she actually ran out of food one point at one point and her girlfriend (laughs) had to bring her more food yeah (laughs) it was fantastic well what I wanted to ask you if you could queerify any other movie if they if if you could choose a different movie to do a queer live reading of which one would you pick i know a lot of people have been clamoring for greece uh, oh yeah i mean i think that that would actually be that would 
be really fun. I don't know. I mean, that's a musical though, so I don't quite know how that would work out. But, well, who would you uh, play? I mean, I've always wanted to be Rizzo, but I mean, that's a bit, you know, but I, I'd also like, I'd be happy to be anybody. That's, yeah, that's definitely one that that I would love to do. I'm trying to think of some other ones. There's there's a lot. There's definitely a lot that could be really fun. Yeah, I mean, you could um, go old school too. It's like Gone with the Wind. You could do, yeah, I mean, you could do uh, or, classics. Uh, or like, yeah, I'm trying to think of like, of like, like, like Seven Samurai or like, you know, the, <laughs> the Magnificent Seven or something like that, you that know, so like, deep. like some old like Western or, or, or something. like True Grit. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, True could, Grit. Totally yeah. Do a queer True Grit. That'd be yeah. great. Bar with an yeah, eye patch. would be great. Yeah, yeah. It, would be, it would be pretty great. <laughs> so what have you been up to? I know you, uh, other than the live reading, we saw you did an audio book. Like what kind of stuff are you up to now? And, yeah, and where um, can people kind of keep up? Oh, obviously uh, on your social media and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still doing a lot of writing on my own and uh and yeah i have my my uh subscription newsletter mara.substack.com it's called shent we tell the vicar because every week i i close with a fake british television show title uh because they all have the most ridiculous the <laughs> most ridiculous titles, titles ever right, yeah. and uh, so i do that but i've been doing a lot of voiceover i i really love doing voiceover i was a recurring character on the show big hero six which mm. was really fun for me and i i was a villain at actually, which was super fun. My friend made me a t-shirt that said Disney villain. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. It's hard earned. Yeah. yeah. What every, what every, uh, what every little girl wants to grow up to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wanted to be Ursula. I think I still do. So I'm with you. Like, yes. What, what every little kid here. wants to, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to be Ursula? Let's be real. Right. Hello. Uh, but there's, uh, so there's that. And I just did the audiobook for my friends who write the cult podcast, Welcome to Night Fails. They have a character uh, that they wrote that I voice called The Faceless Old Woman. And now they have a book called The Faceless Old Woman Who Secretly Lives in Your Home, which is an explanation and it's an adventure story. And even if you've never listened to the podcast, it's still this great adventure story that's like The Princess Bride and The Count of Monte Cristo and all these big Mm. crazy adventures. And it's stories of revenge and betrayal and and adventure and and history and, and, you know, high seas and all this, you know, fun craziness. And it's really fun. And doing the audiobook for that was a blast. So, uh, yes, so that's really what that's really what I, I'm doing. It seems I really like a big that, variety yeah. of all kinds of things. Like you're keeping yeah. it excited. You're just it sounds like you're doing a lot of amazing things. And we're Thanks. really happy to have you. You can follow uh, Mara Wilson at Mara Wilson, obviously, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we're, you're welcome on the show anytime. We'd love to have you Thank back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you guys have been so great. Thank you so much. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Great chat with Mara Wilson. If you missed it, definitely download the podcast and that can be found on radio.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Drop the subject. All you have to do is put that in the search bar and you will find, you can download, subscribe, rate us. You can leave us a little note. Even if it's passive aggressive, we will take it into consideration and we'll probably read it on the air, to be honest. <laughs> right. We Sometimes we like a little passive aggressivity. Aggressivity? Passive aggressive. Soften. Mm-hmm. Don't dump that. That was a TT. Not that a. Was, all right. Yeah, anyway, yeah. now let's get into the gay May. Let's keep the gay theme going, right? Uh huh. All right. Gay. It is. It is Wednesday day. It's time to get gay, and it is the gay May where I get to ask oh. you any question that I want. It's an AMA gay style. It's a chance for me, a lesbo, to learn about a gay man's lifestyle and vice versa. My question for you, James Simmons, nurse practitioner. Uh oh. You know what? As I say, I kind of want to switch over my question. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just do a little change up right now. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Like right in the middle middle of the question, you're just like mm-hmm. it up. I'm okay. just going a totally different direction. Okay. When you tell people that you are a nurse and you're a man, hmm. do they think you're gay? <laughs> Shortest gay AMA ever. <laughs> well, no. Okay, I won't say I mean, shortest like, AMA, gay AMA ever. Yes, but yes, asterisks. Uh, okay. It was very different when I first started. So nursing is a second career for me. Uh, and I think most people know that, but so I like did the, you know, broadcasting thing for a little while. And then I went into like PR and marketing. And then about 30, I was like, ah, let's give it all up. And then I went into nursing and became a nurse practitioner and whatever. So, uh, and since I'm so young, I've only been a nurse for a year. <laughs> Kidding. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. So nursing, my, I spent my twenties in PR and marketing. And then I went back to become a nurse when I was 30. Uh, so, I think even then tides were starting to turn, but it was still pretty like if you're a man and you're nursing, you are gay. Right. However, I feel like that's very different now, 12 years later. And I think I don't full step think it's true either. Like I, th- I can think of plenty of male nurses that I work with that are not gay. Maybe it's maybe like 50, 50. So it's certainly not the so average. There's a higher ratio. Yeah. Ratio. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not like the general population. Uh, you know, that's not, we're not 10%. I mean, we're at least 50%, if not maybe the majority, but there are a lot of straight men uh, who are nurses. There are a lot of former military uh, who like were medics in, in the military and they're, essentially the medical training in the military is very, very similar to what a lot of nurses get. And so they can sort of fast track into nursing when they come out. Um, There's also a lot of like paramedics and firefighters where you don't have as many gay men doing those roles, but some of those guys will transition into nursing um, just because it tends to be a little bit more stable and a little less uh, tough on your body. You know, like some of those paramedics and those firefighters really get beat up. So um, yeah, but I, I think, it's still the thing, <laughs> you know. Well, like, I guess oh, the reason I ask, yeah, is is I mean, it's been referenced and joked about in movies. When you think about older movies like Meet the Parents, wasn't there a whole through line with him being a nurse, a male nurse, and it was like a running joke that was like, totally. "Oh, you're a nurse," and he had to kind of deal with that, like his masculinity was being challenged or something. And I do yes. feel like that stigma is going away, but I just wonder if you deal with it on a regular basis and people who are male nurses who are not gay if they feel like they have something to prove or if you like what your interactions are like with them. Yeah. In general, uh, the men, I think men who go into nursing know that that's been a thing and they do not like they are self-confidence enough to not let it be an issue. Like the straight men that I know that are nurses kind of don't care if people think that they're gay. Like it's just like whatever. Right. Like I think you have to sort of know that going into nursing. You also have to know that it is a female dominated profession. And so we only make up about 12 men, people who identify as male anyway, I uh, only make up about 12% of nursing overall. So you have to sort of know that everyone's going to probably assume you're gay, at least for the most part. And you're going to be working with mostly women and uh, what I do think the really interesting part is, of course, as Jesse tells us once again, that we have to wrap up, even though it's yeah. getting juicy, is that it's the passive aggressive stuff. We're right, telling you there, there we go. The um, patients assume I am um, a physician. Because, oh, wow. Because you're a man? a man. Yeah. And so I will have like I, I work with mostly female physicians at my job at one of my hospitals. And 
will walk in the Whoa. room and they'll talk to me and they'll call me doctor <gasps> and they'll do whatever because they assume that and we're all dressed almost exactly the same and they'll right. assume and then that they'll the be woman like, is the thanks nurse. nurse to the uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and I'm like oh. actually she's the head of medicine like, of all medicine. Of all medicine, right. <laughs> of course she is. Oh, oh. All right, part two of the game, A begins next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. It's James Q. Simmons Boo. Uh, apparently now I'm singing. Now I can sing without a mask on. So it's the gay MA. <laughs> and Allie just asked me a really awesome question about being a merce. Um, and I'm, I am a merce who also carries a merce. Hey-o. And uh, you carry a merce? I, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's more like a work bag now. It is like upgraded to like full is it leather? on. Uh, some of it is leather. A, a little small part of it is leather. Don't tell Brian mm. Adams though. He'll swear <laughs> at me and be racist because he's vegan. Um, so I do have a question though, Allie, because it is my turn to ask you anything I want. <laughs> we watched your pilot on Monday and it was so fantastic. Bad. It was very, very good. Of course, if you have not seen it, HelloFilms.com. Go to ClexaCon Movies. Go to the Monday Watch Party. You can see it there. And Butch Powell for the Straight Gal. Towards the end, no, yes, I think towards the end, someone used a phrase that I thought, huh, I think that's one of those phrases that if you are a lesbian, you get to use, but if you are not a lesbian, you should not use ever. And Mm -hmm. that phrase phrase was used in the show you guys kept it in in final editing and i just kind of wanted to know your thoughts about it like do you find this particular phrase offensive just funny somewhere in the middle did you use it for that factor um and that phrase has to do with a colloquialism for lesbians who enjoy their dining experience on a floor covering Oh, you mean a floor covering as in not linoleum, but a carpet. Like a carpet. Mm-hmm. And dining, dining in. Dining on in a, on, on a, a carpet, carpet flooring. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, uh, uh, you know, sort of adjacent to the Monday Munch report. Yes, very uh-huh. good. But on, on a carpet. And the Monday Munch report. Magic. Yeah. Magic carpet. Magic carpet. Does that phrase like get your goat? Is it you're like, man, it's just funny? Like, or like, no, it's pretty offensive and we used it anyway. Like, what are your thoughts about that? Well, get your goat is another colloquialism that we did not use in the show. <laughs> hey But it's just as related. Yeah. I have always found that phrase to be so hilarious because it's just so random to me. I, I understand the thought process of where it came from. I would mm-hmm. imagine it originated in the 70s when um, lawn trimming and gardening <laughs> was not popular. Shag. Yes. Yeah, it was more of a shag it rather was more than of a shag, a... which matched the the many people's homes at that time. Many people <laughs> also had shag floor coverings yes. and it shag. Was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They left it shaggy and wild. There was not uh-huh. a lot of landscaping. So I understand where the phrase comes from. I just think that phrase it just has a bite to it and the a pun intended but the alliteration of it is just so fun to say as are i think most words when it comes to you know i was talking about this the other day with my wife because we were talking about derogatory words when it comes to lgbt and there are many more derogatory terms for gay men than gay women and we were talking Mm. about why that is because even this colloquialism that we're talking about right now 
doesn't really offend me. I guess if there was somebody who, I mean, but I even think of somebody who's a homophobe, a jerk, a horrible person and t- called me that, I would be like, <laughs> you just laugh. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. You know, uh, sure, right? They could say so many more hurtful things, but uh-huh. I, I do agree. I, I mean, as a lesbo, I feel like there's not still not there's still a lot I can't say. So if I can say that, I'm gonna say it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there's there's some empowerment to that. There's some owning it, if, if you yeah, will. There's some taking back bit. of the word. Yeah, it's like yeah. dyke. That's a word that a lot of people are like, whoa. And I, that word doesn't offend me. Of course, I'm not super butch, and I don't know. If how other women feel about it, but those, none of the words really bother me. Okay, that's very good. That was a word that I actually got a little bit in trouble for using when I moved to LA. Um, so that was actually really? another word I was going to ask you. Well, because I, I, a cast of characters that I ran with in Chicago, some very good friends, used that word in a, in a very empowering sort of way. Right. Like, like dyke this and dyke that, and this is dyke. Well, there's the dyke march. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, all that. Yeah, the, exactly. Like dykes on bikes is my favorite part of the parade usually. And then I came out here and I was like, oh, my dyke friend, da da da. And they were like, oh, really? You know, these people were like very LA like, about yeah, it. Yeah, really. I was like, she's she refers to herself as a dyke, but I'm, I gets in the same category of like who gets to use what word. So anyway, yes. Anyway, very interesting that you yes. are okay with floor shag dining of the dining of the. We better go. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. It is time to stimulize, as James says. Stimulize. Stimulize. It's time to stimulize the economy. That's the big buzzword is to stimulize everybody and jumpstart the economy so we can all count on a bit of a, a an upturn when it comes to the future of the economy. And we have, some of you have received stimulus checks. There have been mil- millions and trillions already given to help stimulize the economy, but it has not stopped more bills from being brought to the table, additional stimulized packages. And I don't know about you, James, but when you are working so hard on something that you know is going to go nowhere, like imagine how long it took you to write your dissertation uh-huh. and to know when I'm done with this, someone's going to look at it and go, no. And kind of toss it into a paper shredder. Does uh-huh. that make you less invested? Oh boy, you're uh, you're a- asking a really sensitive question right now because I'm in the middle of rewriting my dissertation. This is part of the process. I knew it was coming, but uh, yeah, you know what? You write it for the one person or the one group of of other like uh, researchers or clinicians or whoever who are going to get some value out of it. So I think you you uh, right understanding what your expectations are. And I think, for instance, I'll make this segue that Nancy Pelosi and some other folks who brought this next stimulus bill forward are doing so to initiate a conversation about additional economic relief. So I think they know they sort of have to go through this process in order to then have a substantive conversation with, uh, you know, other Democrats, House or Republicans, um, Donald Trump, even whoever, you know, Steve Mnuchin about what the next stimulus package can look like. Because even as some states continue to reopen slowly, 
uh, that's still going to take a long time for the economy to recover. So if, you know, even if we, you know, we talked about in California, if we're going to have dine-in options here, all of these different restrictions that have to happen, that still maximum has those restaurants operating at probably 50% capacity. So we're not getting back to this normal. We're still going to need some type of stimulus. And I think, you know, that these Democrats brought forward a three trillion dollar stimulized package. We know the last one was $2 billion. And by the way, $2 trillion. I I like to remind people, a trillion is a thousand billion. (laughs) Just just think of a thousand billion. I think if you stack them dollar on dollar on top of each other, it extends to the International Space Station. Really? And then twice again, the distance. Like... (laughs) International so it's space like when they station. say three football fields, it's three international space stations. It's like, it's like two and a half international space stations. If you stack one dollar bill on top of each other to get that was one trillion. So multiply that by three. Like this is an asinine amount of money, which we need. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy, right. right? It's out of control. And this bill would, you know, the bill they brought forward would be two hundred billion for essential worker hazard pay, all for that. An additional seventy five billion for COVID nineteen testing, tracing, and isolation efforts, which we're all going to start hearing so much more about this summer about contact well, tracing. And um, we didn't we in the last one give 75 million? Yeah, it was a, it was like a very low number. So they just <laughs> yeah. changed the M to a B. To a B basically. Well, because, and for good reason, right? Yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm not saying it's not good reason. Yeah. And then this one does uh, bring a no a new round of direct payments to uh, Americans up to $6,000 per household, of course, depending on your kids and your financial status and your tax returns and all that kind of stuff. This does not include what some more progressive leaning folks in the house were pushing for, which was a monthly stipend like they've done in the UK and in Canada. Um, and at this point, the you know Democrat House Democrat leadership, like Nancy Pelosi, are saying, no, that's not going to happen. Let's bring this bill forward. They kind of know that it's going to get squashed, and even Republicans are saying it's dead on arrival, but it does initiate the conversation because something else still does need to happen. No, absolutely. I mean, I think when the first stimulus package passed, everyone was like, great, we got something passed. Now what? And then they kind of added on to it and gave out some more money. But you're right. I mean, if, if, if this is going on for many, many more months, which it will and probably years, there needs to be a game plan for what would be next to continue to stimulate the economy because so many people still haven't gotten their stimulus checks, which we've talked about many times. $1,200 can't even pay a month of rent for most people. If, I mean, depending on where you live. Would that be able to pay your rent in Nebraska if you had rent in Nebraska? $1,200? Yeah. Yeah, I think in some places it, in Nebraska, it certainly could, depending on, um, you know, what what part of of Nebraska like you live in. for a house? In. Absolutely, yeah. I think oh. abs- because rent is like so cheap there, depending on where you live. But the, but I, I think this, maybe hopefully this leans the conversation more towards, I can see something like having rent forgiveness, mortgage forgiveness, things like that. And then the government subsidizing those companies. So you're a real estate company or you're the bank that owns my house or like whatever, right? Those individuals get money from the government to pay my mortgage that I can't pay, right? So because then there's food bank opportunities, then there's something about like not just having liquid money and being mm-hmm. like, here you go. But if we we can take the the onus off of individuals having these really large financial burdens, 
of things like student loans, of, of housing, things like that, if you can reduce that, then if some individuals are getting back to the economy, even on like a halftime basis, then right. okay, yeah. like you, then uh, maybe you can sort of make those things work. I wonder if that's going to be like a direction that these next stimulized packages kind of take. Well, I would imagine that the that Republicans would probably go more for that than, hey, let's just start giving Americans more money because they always uh-huh. want to put money more into corporations than Corporates. into the actual, yep. yeah, because of the whole trickle down, which, you know, I, I think that, that something like that would absolutely be able to work. There would just have to be some rules in place to make sure that it goes back and does trickle down. Absolutely. A vote comes on Friday for this. We'll see if they even get it to the vote, but that's when we can expect to hear more about this is on Friday. All right. DDIY, things you should don't do it yourself. There are people giving themselves tattoos with crazy, I mean, there's a lot going on here and uh, something you should not do at home. We will get into it next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. In another sign that you're old, drop the subject listeners, producer Jesse has a phrase that he has used several times today that I did have to find myself grandpa looking up earlier. No. What is it? To be like, what is this phrase? What is he's first of all, what I mean, Jesse is the all time I thought I was a mumbler. Jesse is the all time mumbler of the century. So then once I finally figured out what he was saying, I had to look it up. And then lo and behold, that's an old old timey phrase, Jesse. Lo and behold, <laughs> it's turned into our next segment. A real gam slapper. <laughs> We're talking about stick and poke tattoos. Now you looked up stick and poke? Stick and poke. Uh, and what does it mean? Is it just a way of giving a person a tattoo? What are, yes, I don't, this is like, this is like millennial talk for giving yourself a tattoo at home. Like that's just it. I mean, maybe I don't, can someone correct me maybe if I'm wrong with this, but like, so it's a prison, it's a prison tattoo where you poke yourself with a needle repeatedly over and over again, like a dot. Who is the dot uh, painting guy? Monet. Monet, Van Gogh, whoever. I think right. you just Do- you said. I, I thought it started with a D. You said anyway. Pongo. <laughs> you said <laughs> Janelle Monet. You said Janelle Monet is the, um, um, it's Dulcine. She's the famous painter. From Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that painter? Dalsim. Oh, no, that's a Street Fighter character. Anyway, uh, in another... Same as painting a Dugan? In no? an, right. In, all you can, in another segment of Don't Do It Yourself, especially during pandemia, we're talking about stick and poke tattoos. So do not give yourself a prison t- tattoo at home. Although I do have to say, Ali, some of these actually look pretty good. Well, I think it depends on how much previous experience you have. As somebody who does not garden, then hearing all these stories about people taking up gardening and doing a great job and being like, oh, look at my azaleas. And I'm like, wow, that looks so easy. And then I do it and it looks like a train wreck. And it's because I don't have any experience. I can barely keep a succulent alive. So it would imagine that it would go the same for tattoos if you've never tattooed yourself before if you've never done any kind of tattoo i would imagine this would not go well similar to how it did not go well when somebody tried to shave their dog in quarantine there are some things that you just ddiy don't do it yourself i uh, talked to mara wilson earlier about baking but she's got experience so i but i i will say on the on behalf of the stick and pokers can you say that on is, the air i mean that, hey. I, I don't know i don't know <laughs> You're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and the rock is fear, and the hard place is boredom. And what do you do in that space but say, but make decisions like, hey, why don't I shave my head? Hey, why don't I adopt a dog? Hey, why don't I 
stick and poke myself with a tattoo, uh, give myself a tattoo and just see what happens. I've known some people who have done these to themselves and they don't look particularly that bad. I guess if you start misspelling something is really what when it <laughs> goes bad. Those are the best. If you're just doing a little drawing then and it's tiny. You start small and work with a bigger surface later. Uh-huh. But if you like, you know, try to tattoo no regerts on your chest or whatever, like you, you <laughs> exactly. end up with something really bad. Well, this, I mean, this article that talks about this is exactly what you were saying. This individual was saying, I was just feeling super sad and existential. I thought, why not give myself a tattoo? Yeah, that's the exact headspace you should probably not be in when you get a tattoo. Like, just well, it's similar to how you feel when you're drunk, right? Where you're walking correct. by a tattoo parlor and you're just like, let's do it. Blah. I mean... When you said when you say to yourself why not and the voice who usually tells you why not is sleeping or not able to answer uh-huh. you're like there are so many reasons why not hold on a second i can't see clearly i wish uh-huh. i could tell you but you locked oh, up no, she's doing you it left many. that voice at home before you even went out you were like no girl you're staying at home we're we're getting lit tonight which i think is how a lot of people are going to be when we when we get out on full full release like when bars are open, like the first time Mayor Eric Garcetti says the Abbey is open, like it's it's right. just going to be over. It's just going <laughs> to be a bunch of people with stick and poke face tattoos being like, I don't know what happened. I didn't know. I, I was mean, sad and existential. I had to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and people do. There are parallels to. I mean, I, I know I don't want to say this because everyone got upset when Ellen said it. And I, I will say, of course, this is not like prison, but people are kind of giving themselves prison tattoos right now. Yeah, that's a little bit of a, I mean, that's what Jesse called them. So we'll just blame it on Jesse. So, but you can get tip test kits, (laughs) (laughs) not test kits. Wow. You can get kits. For the TT talk continues. I know. Uh-huh. Hey, uh, you can g- apparently order a stick and poke tattoo kit online. Like, who knew? And they give you like specialized like needles and ink and sanitary <gasps> supplies. Really? Maybe that's a backdoor way into getting like good cleaning sanitary supplies if you're out of them at a the grocery store, right? Just like order a stick and poke tattoo kit. Um, just make them cute, okay? Don't try to spell something that you don't already know how to spell or you can't at least Google. Or, like, do some sort of weird design that you designed yourself. Because it didn't know. It will never translate. It just won't. No, it won't. And you know what? If you're going to go prison tattoo or you're going to go stick and poke tattoo at first, then sure. Just don't get real fancy and start getting creative with piercings. Nobody needs a Prince Albert right now. Don't. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents... News it or lose it. Drop the subject. We are moving right along. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We have uh, talked through Mask. We've talked to Mara Wilson. We've uh, sang some songs. We've had a lot of fun today so far. Very interesting gay AMA questions. Please do not forget, by the way, if you have missed anything, go on ahead and download that podcast. You're here, radio.com. Drop the subject is the name of the show. We really love your feedback. Give it five stars. Rate it. Share it. Tell your friends. Alec Johnson, it's time for News It or Lose It, or are you ready? I'm ready. Do you have your binger, banger, dinger, clanger? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She's thinking. She's something. There it is. Ayo, I've got three headlines. Allie will decide what we news and what we lose. Headline number one. About 200 goats escape, roam the streets of East San Jose. 
Ooh, yeah, of course. Goats Yay. in San Jose. Goats in my hometown. You're pandering, I tell you. I'm pandering. <laughs> uh, headline number two. Superstition. Isn't she lovely? Higher ground. For once in my life, my Sharia Moore. It's Stevie Wonder's 70th birthday. Oh, that's lovely. I... Mm, hmm. Do I want to hear a lot about it, though, the question? This is all I need. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. Happy birthday. Damn, man, I queued that one up all wrong. This is my favorite Stevie Wonder song, by the way. Boogie on Reggae Woman. Isn't that good stuff? All right, we don't have to talk about it, but it is Stevie Wonder's 70th birthday. Yes, happy by the birthday. way, one of the best birthday songs really saved a lot of waiters and waitresses from having to sing the, ha- the actual happy birthday. Right, you just sing happy birthday to, yeah, that's Stevie. Yeah, by the way, I love Stevie so much, but I would have probably said he was like 80 today, not 70. Yeah, that, that's true. He that does seem a little older. <laughs> yeah, he has been around for forever. <laughs> that's good. Well, because they started calling him Little Stevie Wonder because he started when he was like nine. Anyway, headline number three. Uh, we got goats. We got Stevie Wonder. Pregnant with second child. And Tristan Thompson is the father. It's Khloe Kardashian. No! <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, you're using that one? Losing it. Oh, that's great. Khloe Kardashian is reportedly pregnant with her second child with ex Tristan Thompson as they isolate together at her home in L.A. with daughter True. What was that, oh. Allie? You want to hear more? No, I don't. Chloe I don't want to hear re- more. Oh, oh, no, you don't want to? No. No, because wasn't he cheating or something? And then it's like, yeah. I don't care who's pregnant. Yeah. They're all always pregnant. And of course, when you're quarantined, <laughs> you're going to more likely be pregnant. And they keep breeding and ugh. Did you say they're There's- all always pregnant? Yes, they're all always <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, so listen. They're like rabbits. This uh, well, yeah, that's a thing. Also, another animal that procreates fairly quickly are goats, and it's this is something you don't see every day. When after I explain this to y'all and you're done listening to the show, you got to go check this out and Google it because it is pretty awesome. Uh, a tribe of goats went wild Tuesday night in a neighborhood in East San Jose. So Terry Rowland said the hill behind his home caught fire about 15 years ago, and since then they use goats. A few times a year to clear oh, the brush. Oh, yeah, to clear the brush. Yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, because it's a thing. It's much more sort of like environmentally sustainable, right, to just have a bunch of goats. They got to eat anyway, right? So you grab the goats, you send them up the hill, they eat your grass. And then, because I don't know, a lot of people don't know this if you don't live in California, but if you don't trim your if you don't trim your bush, hey uh you get to be fined. A theme today. It is kind of a theme. Yeah, you get fined and you get fined like big time. It's a thing. Uh, so you, a lot of people are using goats. Well, the goats got out. <laughs> oh. Apparently one of the goats, uh, touched the electric fence, which shocked the goat. Yes. But also caused one of the fence posts to fall down oh, and the rest no. of the, the rest of the fence deactivated. So these goats, 200 goats just ran down the hill and they're literally running through a cul-de-sac neighborhood in the middle of East San Jose. It is the cutest thing. They're eating flowers. They're knocking over trash cans. They're moving through driveways. They're running into minivans. It is awesome. And the neighbors are totally freaking out. The audio is not great, but take a listen. Go, go, go. Get back, get back. Get back, get back. Get back. 
it's, it's literally just like goat <laughs> madness and people are out in the streets and they like don't know what to do and they're like shooing the goats they're like shoo 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 and the goats are just like looking at them like no honey a shoe doesn't work like <laughs> you're gonna no, have to they don't care they're just no. like hey i'm here now i mean i've learned that from petting zoos that they when they see something they want they're just going to grab it they don't really care what you have to say they don't really care how, if you're trying to grab them it's just i want what i want if it's a flower if it's those little pellets that's that's what they want and in a way we should just let them do their thing because they are after all god's lawnmower they, they are god's lawnmower i also wonder if this was like another is this another sign that the animals are taking over during quarantine like they're yeah, like, they're, I mean, yes, this is the leg up they need, and they have four legs up now. Yeah. <laughs> hey That was uh-huh. good, Allie. That was very good. Believe it or not, the guys, uh, Terry and his son, Zach Rowland, were able to wrangle the goats and put them back behind the fence in five minutes. No way. They literally just, dude rolled up in his truck, and he was like, follow me, goats. And they went and followed him, and that was that. Was that. <laughs> well... <laughs> What a climactic ending. And right. we have mm-hmm. our own climactic, climactic, climactic ending coming up as well. Happy endings coming up. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, Chris Contreras has been listening intently on Twitter. He always likes to interact with us on the show, throughout the show. And you are welcome to do so as well, either by calling us. Call the daddy line at eight. Uh, what is it again? Three, two, three, eight, six, daddy. Mm-hmm. Very good. Three, two. Yeah. Three, two, three, eight, six, daddy. If you want to vent, if you want to talk about how you're doing, if you want to have a conversation, if you want to just scream at Jesse, our producer, that is his phone number. So you can use it at any time. I believe data rates apply. Just regular ones. And um, you can also interact with us on Twitter at DTS show. And Chris Contreras has done just that. He uh, was just giving a review of Maskioki. And the reviews are in. They're not. They're not great. But Chris Contreras <laughs> said that I sound like there. There's a YouTube video of some woman who was on a a, a different American Idol. I believe in. I don't know if this is Russia or Eastern Europe somewhere. Uh-huh. And she's saying, "Can't live if living is without you." And Chris Contreras, I don't know what to think of this, but he thinks this is what I sounded like. No one can to get to save me. No, you won't please the zoom, I leave it. When I get a zoom, but then I'm a little more. You won't lose tonight, Molina. This is called Ken Lee. Ken Lee. So you think that she's speaking a different language, but she's trying to speak the English words. Oh, I mean, I don't so. want to make fun of her because she is trying. She is singing for her life. You so know, I, she man. really is. But she can doubt you. That was Ken Lee. doubt you. And uh, now it is time, James, before we get out of here to give you our happy endings. If that wasn't one already. Of course, there were Ken Lee. There there are many things that we did that were positive and negative about today's show, but we turn those negatives and we make them positive, give you something nice and fluffy to take in the rest of your day. James, do you have a happy ending? Oh, I sure do. You know, lay it on me, buddy. Elliot, I may not have been able to understand what Jesse meant when he was talking about stick and poke tattoos earlier. Mm hmm. But at least we all have a new name for the you know what. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> is no. that your is that your happy no. ending? 
<laughs> yeah, that was it. We got it. We got a new name for the bum chicka wow wow. You know no? that I mean, other than dine-in floor coverings, I think it's a good option. Absolutely. <laughs> Even Jesse didn't laugh at that one. Man, whew. We, that was a groaner, Betty. That, that, well, hey, I mean, also the king of dad jokes. I like a groaner, so, you know. That's true. Yeah, I like so a So point in the dad, dad column. It, thank you very much. See, I will own it then. I own it. Your mustache and that joke are chilling in, Whoa, that, in that, co- man, that dad column. Man, they are rough, aren't they? <laughs> here, here is my happy ending. Maskeonki may have been a total disaster today. Our boss, it's not our boss's favorite thing that we've ever done on the show. Oh, but yeah. on the positive, Masked Singer has been doing it for a few seasons now, and they're still on the air. And <laughs> and we may not be tomorrow, so drop the subject, so, listeners. It was really, really uh-huh. great getting to know you. Thank you so much. And when it comes down to it, these are just dynamic conversations that we have in isolation on this prolonged staycation. Is that right, Gavin Newsom? And those are dynamic conversations, self-certification, that they can be supported in isolation. We'll have a Dalmatian plantation Goodbye, where everyone. our population oh. can We may see you tomorrow. This new location, oh, we'll see what the text thread says. <laughs> Download podcast if you miss anything. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> On the next, drop the subject. All new from the people who brought you Maskioki, and now that's what I call quarantine. It's Corona Free Radio. That's right. On the next, drop the subject. It's one hour of no coronavirus talk. Just say no. Corona Free Radio, because we care about your sanity. Instead of coronavirus, we'll discuss things like uh um. Mm. I think I. No wait. Oh oh. Uh. Well. Drop the subject. Twelve to two Pacific, three to five Eastern, on the new Channel Q.